0: couple of odd things about Trump's border wall speech last night first of all just the very outlandish kafkaesque absurdness of a country that spends hundreds of billions of dollars a year on the department of defense being unable to scrounge together a mere 5 billion dollars to build a wall is really quite astonishing and quite astounding and when you kind of get the big perspective of how insane that is you'll realize just how far the government has drifted from anything to do with the wishes or preferences or desires of the people it forces to pay for its largesse. That was one. The second, of course, was watching the cadaver twins from hell making a speech, Pelosi and Schumer, uh, where it's sort of like watching an alien trying to wear a human flesh suit, watching Democrats try and talk about not wanting to spend money on inefficient programs, (laughs) inefficient things. Uh, It really is quite delightful to watch, but uh, we're going to go through the speech here fairly briefly and just talk about some of the facts, because, you know, fact-checking was, was pretty important and everybody was doing it. So Trump said that uh, he wanted to talk about a humanitarian and security crisis at the southern border, and he says everyday customs and border protection agents encounter thousands of illegal immigrants trying to enter our country. We are out of space to hold them, and we have no way to promptly return them back home to their country. America proudly welcomes millions of lawful immigrants who enrich our society and contribute to our nation. But all Americans are hurt by uncontrolled illegal migration. Okay, so, I mean, there's interesting things there, which is he immediately needs to start justifying distancing himself from any kind of accusations of xenophobia or nationalism or anything like that. So we're out of space to hold them, no way to promptly return them back home to their country Okay, so if you had lots of space to hold them and you could somehow find a way to return them back home to their country, would that be okay? Right? again, it's one of these things. that I'm not a politician. And you'll see during this particular presentation exactly why. And then he has to say, look, I'm fine with immigration. I just don't like illegal immigration, which is something that we'll get to in a sec. And the idea that all Americans are hurt by uncontrolled illegal immigration, Uh, no, Uh, no, that they're not. Uh, In fact, the Democrats are enormously enriched by uncontrolled illegal migration that's why they like it i mean you understand as everybody does i'm sure that if illegal immigration sorry if illegal aliens from mexico voted for the republicans you'd already have a wall along the southern border that would be visible from space uh, and this is why they're very keen on pseudo refugees from the middle east but genuine White farmer refugees from South Africa are not welcome because they're likely to vote for Republicans. So, yeah, Americans are enormously benefited by uncontrolled illegal migration, Uh, the Democrats for votes, and to some degree the Department of Commerce for cheap labor. Because what happens is the illegal aliens who come to America drive down the wages even for legal workers. So there's that. And, of course, they prevent a lot of uh, poor kids from getting a start up the economic ladder by taking over jobs that used to be done by uh, American teenagers. So you kind of have to say, well, there are lawful immigrants who enrich our society and contribute to our nation. And uh, yeah, well, it's not really true. Um, it's not, not true at all. I'll put the sources to this below. So in this is 2012. I'm sure the number is even worse now. of households headed by an immigrant, legal or illegal, reported that they used at least one welfare program during the year, compared to 30% of native households. So welfare is Medicaid and cash, food and housing programs. And again, if you further differentiate this out by race, then you have uh, whites using the um, welfare state, relatively little, uh, East Asians using it even less, Hispanics more, blacks even more. So, yeah, it's... um, Close to twice the use. Welfare use is high for both new arrivals and well-established immigrants. Of households headed by immigrants who have been in the country for more than two decades, 48% of them access welfare. Twenty years after they come to the country, just about half of them are still using welfare or accessing welfare. Yeah, I mean, so it's always oh, it's a nation of immigrants. Not really. I mean, it's like saying Canada is a nation of immigrants. Um, you know, the, the people who came here had a lot of babies. It wasn't really a nation of immigrants. But even if we say that it was, in the 19th century, people came for freedom. Now they come for free stuff. It's a totally different selection mechanism. It has nothing to do with what happened in the past. In the past, you came off the boat. You went through Ellis Island. You uh, had uh, your turn and cough check for communicable diseases. And then you were turned loose to make it or break it as you saw fit and as your community would support you and as the value that you could add to the economy manifested. That's not the case anymore. It's not. I mean, the people who come across the border, particularly from the South, immigrants immediately get into uh, massive in-group preference ethnic groups that tell them exactly how to access as many welfare programs as humanly possible. So this idea that, yeah, I guess there are millions of lawful immigrants who enrich society, contribute to our nation, yeah, there's some of those. But there's a lot of the other kind, and again, he, Trump has to say that. I wouldn't say that, which is why I'm not a politician. So the data says no single program explains immigrants' higher overall welfare use. For example, not counting subsidized school lunch, welfare use is still 46% for immigrants and 28% for natives. Not counting Medicaid, welfare use is 44% for immigrants and 26% for natives. Immigrant households have much higher use of food programs, 40% versus 22% for natives, and Medicaid, 42% versus 23%. Immigrant use of cash programs is similar, uh, as is use of housing programs. And not all immigrant groups are the same. And we can see, uh, if you've heard me talk about IQ and the IQ hierarchy, you'll know exactly why this is the case. Households headed by immigrants from Central America and Mexico 73% of them use welfare. 73%, almost three out of every four households. The Caribbean, 51% use welfare. Africa, 48%. These have the highest overall welfare use. Those from East Asia, 32% on welfare, using welfare. Europe, 26% in South Asia, 17% have the lowest. So, yeah, I mean, immigration is ungodly costly for Americans as a whole. And this doesn't even, it's just welfare usage. This doesn't even count congestion. This doesn't even count driving up housing prices. This doesn't even count the costs of having to babble fish your way through every known language on the planet in order to get anything done. Uh, none of that is counted. And driving down wages and so on, right? Anyway, so... I mean, as far as immigration goes, first step I would take is uh, say, okay, well, we're going to have immigration agreements that are the same as the originating country. So if Americans don't have the right to move to China, then Chinese don't have the right to move to America. And so I think this is what I talked about when I was on tour in Australia. Chinese people are buying up massive amounts of land in Australia, but Australians are barely allowed to own any land in China. So you just say, yeah, you know, we're going to have reciprocal agreements. If we can't move to your country and access welfare in your country, then you can't move to our country and access welfare in our country. It's just basic reciprocal agreements. You don't keep sending iPads to someone who never sends you any money back to pay for them. You just have reciprocal agreements. And it's not a perfect solution, but it would be a start. And it's certainly defensible morally. I mean, if if you can't move to Saudi Arabia and go on welfare, then should Saudi Arabians be allowed to move to America and go on welfare? Well, of course not. I mean this is basic self defense basic self perception uh, self protection basic reciprocal agreements uh, and um it's the same yeah can can you move to india and immediately go on welfare no well i mean p- people in central america who are illegal aliens they can't even go into a bank and change money they can't get a cell phone agreement the the utilities won't hook them up i mean come on now people did nag Trump a lot for, because of Mexico is going to pay for the wall and so on. Like, I don't think that's the most important thing, um, whether Mexico pays for the wall. I know it was a good campaign promise and all of that. And there's lots of different ways to get Mexico to pay for the wall. You could put a simple tax of 10% on disbursements to Mexico. That would get you about $5 billion a year. Or what you could do is you could ban sending money overseas to people who are on welfare. Why? Because they're taking money from the American taxpayer and they're sending it overseas. Which means it vanishes pretty much to um, value for the American economy to a large degree, right? At least if people get welfare, they spend it in America, at least there's uh, some generation, it's some circular thing or whatever, right? And so if you take welfare from the state, should, be, should you be allowed to send money uh, overseas? Hmm. You see, it's, welfare is supposed to be to keep you alive. And so if you're on welfare, you shouldn't have the excess money to send overseas. If you do, you don't need to be on welfare. This is the basic, right? But this would require somebody uh, like me in politics, which is not imminent. So uh, Trump went on to say, uh, this uh, illegal alien invasion, it strains public resources to drive down wages, uh, jobs and wages. Among those hardest hit are African-Americans and Hispanic-Americans. Our southern border is a pipeline for vast quantities of illegal drugs, including meth, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. Every week, 300 of our citizens are killed by heroin alone, 90% of which floods across from our southern border. More Americans will die from drugs this year than were killed in the entire Vietnam War. Now that is, uh, again, my sympathies go out to Scott uh, Adams enormously for his uh, family loss, but um, that is uh, every week 300 citizens killed by heroin alone. And uh, 90% of it's coming across from the southern border. Now, some people are saying, well, but it doesn't necessarily come through illegal immigration and so on. It's like, yeah, but some of it does, and it's easier to, to deal with. More Americans will die from drugs this year than were killed in the entire Vietnam War. Isn't that astounding? That Those kinds of statistics, statistics just really, really blow my mind and, and help me to sort of appreciate just how horrifying the situation is and... It's easier to check border points, like customs points, than it is to check an entire wall. So, of course, even even if the flood remains somewhat similar, it's then concentrated in particular areas that are easier to check. Now, of course, I dislike the drug war on, on moral and practical grounds. But here's the problem, right? So you have these, these violent drug cartels, not just composed of Hispanics, but other uh, groups as well. You have these violent drug cartels, in America at the moment. Now, the problem, of course, is that as drugs slowly get legalized, as they will, because it was a vast disaster to have a war on drugs, as these drugs get legalized, then these crime gangs are going to fight viciously amongst themselves. They're going to expand into other areas. They're going to do human trafficking because they're already there, right? So this is a big problem. You don't want to invite more people to set up crime uh, gangs in your country which is more of an immigrant thing than a domestic thing as far as I understand it, because as society reforms itself over time, there'll be more and more vicious fighting that goes on. Now, when he talks about Americans dying from drugs this year that were killed in the entire Vietnam War, that should be a wake-up call, not just because of the data, but because of the reaction from, from other people, right? So the U.S. pays for border walls in the Middle East, and it, it supposedly has this Department of Defense that should be protecting Americans. And uh, certainly um, the way that it stands right now, the drugs coming across the border are a kind of bioweapon uh, against America. And so people are desperate and clamoring for some kind of defense. But if you're saying to people you've got to care about all these Americans who are dying, what it does is it exposes the swamp, right? I mean, this this perma state thing, right? The, um The deep state. The swamp cares about power, not human life. I mean, they're they're happy if women abort millions of children, they fine with wars. I mean, do you remember Madeleine Albright who was asked if she thought that the 500,000 Iraqi dead was worth it? And she said, yeah, yeah, I think it's worth it. Or uh, Hillary Clinton uh, about Muammar Gaddafi giggling away, saying we came, we saw he died. I mean, these are Real psychopaths, right? I mean, these are really terrifying people who only care about power, who only care about manipulation, who only care about control. So, of course, they don't care about Americans dying from drugs, right? Which is why you have this horrible situation where you're watching the Democrats saying, well, we don't want to waste money saving American lives. Come on. Let me just look at at all the crazy stuff America or Western governments as a whole spend money on and the idea that You wouldn't want to spend money on a wall. It's crazy, right? So then he goes on to say, Trump goes on to say, in the last two years, ICE officers made 266,000 arrests of aliens with criminal records, including those charged or convicted of 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 violent killings. Over the years, thousands of Americans have been brutally killed by those who illegally entered our country, and thousands more lives will be lost if we don't act right now. Now, You know, there's – I've seen some data pushbacks on this saying, well, you know, the illegal aliens have crime rates lower than the domestic population and so on. And I always find that kind of tough to believe. I mean, if they're illegal, aren't they kind of off the grid? Isn't it really tough to figure out um, what's going on with with crime rates and so on uh, compared to the domestic population? So, I mean, it's it's hard to know. It's hard to know. But uh, nonetheless, right, nonetheless – if you have a certain amount of immigration and then illegal aliens come across the border Ill- well, illegally, right, then whoever they kill is in addition to whatever's going on in your country, right? So it's still more deaths, more assaults, more rapes, more sex crimes than you would have otherwise had. So now it's funny, too, because. Once this is sort of understood as an invasion and a pillaging and a form of, of uh, chemical or biological warfare using drugs, then you understand that it's a military situation, right? The, the, the defense of the border is a military situation. And so you already have hundreds of billions of dollars assigned for defense of the United States. You don't actually need to go to the house to, alloc- to get money to, to build a wall. The wall budget has already embedded or has been allocated by military Spending, And, of course, if you are in the federal government, the Constitution obliges you, commands you, to defend the U.S. border. So this idea that you've got to go to Congress and, and beg for money is like, no, nope, you just say that it's a military situation, which it is. And you simply use the existing defense budget to, uh, to build a wall. That's my particular thought again. I'm no constitutional scholar. But anyway, he goes on to say, this is a humanitarian crisis, a crisis of the heart and a crisis of the soul. Last month, 20,000 migrant children were illegally brought into the United States, a dramatic increase. These children are used as human pawns by vicious coyotes and ruthless gangs. One in three women are sexually assaulted on the dangerous trek up through Mexico. Women and children are the biggest victims by far of our broken system. And that's, again, I find this kind of odd, but again, I'm no politician. So saying it has bad effects... Well, but it's illegal. I mean, you, you you enforce the law. You you prevent people from coming into your country illegally. You enforce the law. Like, I don't know that you need to come up with all of these other things to say, well, here's why we should enforce the law. It's like enforce the law or repeal the law. And, and given that the law is on the books, you enforce the law. I don't, like, maybe I'm a little confused, but this, Leon, you know, while well, it harms blacks and Hispanics. I was like, okay, so if it didn't harm blacks and Hispanics, and it certainly doesn't harm some Hispanics because they want their families to, to come over the border, uh, is it okay if it doesn't harm certain people? What if it was, uh, what if almost no women were sexually assaulted on the dangerous trip up through Mexico? Does that mean that it's okay? I mean, I don't know. Again, he's dealing with a um, pretty dumbed-down population, but nonetheless. So he says... This is the tragic reality of illegal immigration on our southern border. This is a cycle of human suffering that I am determined to end. My administration has presented Congress with a detailed proposal to secure the border and stop the criminal gangs, drug smugglers, and human traffickers. It's a tremendous problem. Again, I don't know. You're the commander-in-chief. A border is being violated. You have a multi-hundred-billion-dollar defense department budget. So just build the wall. I mean, what... maybe i'm missing something here but i mean to take a sort of silly example so so uh, barack obama has a house i think it's in washington where they just finished building this huge wall i mean just just go build the wall i mean you you're the commander in chief it's a military situation it's an invasion with you know people have weapons or they get weapons when they come across they're, they're breaking the law it just it just seems kind of odd like let me sort of give you an analogy so the uh, Tax Revenue Department, the IRS, right, the Internal Revenue uh, Department, they have a budget for catching people who evade their taxes, right, who don't pay their taxes, who evade their taxes. They have a budget for that, right? Now, if a bunch of people aren't paying their taxes, do they have no choice but to go to Congress to ask for an increase in the budget to catch them? No. Do they say, well, we don't have the additional money to pursue people who are not paying their taxes? It's like, no, they just go and enforce. They have a budget. They just enforce the law. And if they have to cap, cut back on other things, okay, well, they ca- it's just kind of weird to me. It just seems kind of kind of strange. If you have a Department of Defense, people that come across the border uh, by the thousands, uh, and, and you just build a wall to stop it. It's, it's, it's defense. Literally, it's defense of the country. The only thing that makes the country is the border. You have no border, you have no country. All right, so he says, our proposal was developed by law enforcement professionals and border agents at the Department of Homeland Security. These are the resources they have requested to properly perform their mission and keep America safe, in fact, safer than ever before. So, cutting-edge technology for detecting drugs, weapons, illegal contraband, and many other things. We've requested more agents, immigration judges, to process the sharp rise of unlawful migration fueled by a very strong economy. Now, I don't know. I mean... I sort of hate to say it. I mean, I'm I'm kind of a little burned out on problems all over the world that being dealt with by the West, but it seems to me kind of strange, because if someone is in America and they don't have the documentation to prove that they have a right to be in America, you just kick them over the border. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm confused, but and people and then they say, well. I'm 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 a refugee. I'm 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 fleeing persecution. It's like, no, you're not. You're not because if you were a refugee then you would go to the border, you would present yourself as a refugee and it would go through that process. But if you just end up in America and you have no legal right to be there, then you just get kicked out. I don't know what judges are are all about. I mean, this is not a complicated thing. This isn't a you know, massive fraud investigation I mean it's like you know like if if, if you move and sorry if, if you don't pay your your bills like if you don't pay your mortgage and the, the bank comes to repossess your home I don't know that there's a massive amount of you know did you pay no you didn't pay so you lose your house I mean repossessing your car and so like again it just it seems kind of odd that there's all of these massive complicated legal quagmires for like you don't have a right to be here. Like, if I go trespass someplace and they kick me out, I mean, I got to call up a judge. And, well, you were in the property without permission. Anyway. So it goes on to say, our plan also contains an urgent request for humanitarian assistance and medical support. Furthermore, we have asked Congress to close border security loopholes, loopholes so that illegal immigrant children can be safely and humanely returned back home. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course, you know, and it's also pretty tortuous to watch. The Democrats saying how much they care about uh, kids and they just want to do what's best for the kids. I mean, you know, drugging endless millions of boys in government schools because government schools are catered, catering to girls and boys find them boring and, and so on to just drug kids. They don't care about kids. I mean, they, they support the right of, of women to murder countless uh, babies in the womb every year. As the idea they care about kids. Come on. Come on. And he says, finally, as part of an overall approach to border security, law enforcement professionals have requested $5.7 billion for a physical barrier. At the request of Democrats, it will be a steel barrier rather than a concrete wall. This barrier is absolutely critical to border security. It's also what our professionals at the border want to need. This is just common sense. Now, at the request of the Democrats, it will be a steel barrier rather than a concrete wall. Again, I'm not sure exactly why he's referring to what the democrats want it's a military situation it's an invasion you got money in the department of defense you build the wall and then he says the border wall will very quickly pay for itself the cost of illegal drugs exceeds 500 billion dollars a year vastly more than the 5.7 billion we have requested from congress the wall will also be paid for indirectly by the great new trade deal we have made with mexico now this is the kind of funny thing right If you were in a business and you could spend a dollar to make $100, I mean, you would just do it. You'd barely even ask anyone. It would just be so obvious, right? And so the wall costs 1% of the cost of illegal drugs. Now, again, I know the wall won't eliminate that cost completely. Okay, so let's say it only eliminates 10% of that. It's still 10 times, almost 10 times return on investment. Senator Chuck Schumer who you will be hearing from later tonight, although, funny story, you won't actually be hearing from Chuck Schumer how Israel doesn't need a wall. Funny how that works. Goes on to say, has repeatedly supported a physical barrier in the past, along with many other Democrats. They changed their mind only after I was elected president. Well, I kind of get what you're saying, but I don't think that's very true. See, the left they lie right they, they 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 openly say right we'll just i mean they they Hillary Clinton was a big admirer of Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals where he says you know you have to tell the truth you manipulate you lie like they'll just lie so the reason they talked about a war was to not alarm people about being open borders lunatics right so they just lied i mean they it's easy to say i want a war when the republicans you know basically aren't really going to push very hard for a wall right so it's fine to say yeah yeah I want a wall when there's absolutely no chance that the wall is going to come into being now that the wall might be coming into being they have to change their tune right so it's not like they changed their mind you know it's it's sort of like if if some guy says oh yeah no I'll I'll fight this big guy knowing that he's in a coma i'll I totally I'll fight him then the guy comes out of a coma starts training suddenly you don't want to fight him anymore because now the fight has become real right so just a bunch of nonsense. They lied about supporting the wall so that they could get more and more immigrants, legal and illegal or aliens, into the country. And now that they have the demographics, right, they – now they have the demographic support because, as we know, I mean, immigrants uh, from third world countries uh, vote overwhelmingly for the left. So now the left has the demographic support. So now they can take off the mask and, and – right. Like Ocasio-Cortez, people keep making fun of her for making goofy statements and being wrong about stuff. It's like, but she doesn't have to be right. She doesn't have to have any integrity. She doesn't have to have any honesty. She can dance and giggle and, and do all this kind of – because she's got a built-in voting base of people who will vote for her just because, right, she's uh, – her, her ethnicity is what it is. And so people will vote for her for that. Like, why are there Muslims in Congress? Is it because the Muslims just happen to review everyone's arguments for what they wanted to do politically and decide, ah – the, guy who, the woman who's got my religion, well, she's just the person I want in Congress. It's like, no, uh, in a multicultural society, voting just turns into an ethnic headcount, except for whites, right, who are never allowed to vote, vote, vote just for whites because that would be being a Nazi, right? So, yeah, Ocasio-Cortez is incomprehensible to people who think you need to be true to get support or accurate to get support or, or have intelligence to get support. No, she, she got support from the ethnic base. And the Muslims are voted into Congress because the fellow Muslims vote for them because they're Muslims, right? It's nothing to do with any policies. It's just the way things are, right? So. so Trump went on to say, Democrats in Congress have refused to acknowledge the crisis, and they have refused to provide our brave border agents with the tools they desperately need to protect our families and our nation. Right, because they're protecting their source of power, which is third world demographic voting. So Trump says the federal government remains shut down for one reason and one reason only because Democrats will not fund border security. My administration is doing everything in our power to help those impacted by the situation, but the only solution is for Democrats to pass a spending bill that defends our borders and reopens the government. This situation could be solved in a forty-five minute meeting. I have invited congressional leadership to the White House tomorrow to get this done. Hopefully, we can rise above partisan politics in order to support national security. And then here's a good line here. I right? said some have suggested a border, uh, a barrier is immoral. Then why do wealthy politicians build walls, fences, and gates around their homes? They don't build walls because they hate the people on the outside, but because they love the people on the inside. Now, that's a good line. But no, you build walls because you fear people on the outside. Right? The only thing that is immoral is the politicians... The only thing that is immoral is the politicians. Is that politicians do nothing and continue to allow more innocent people to be so horribly victimized. And yeah, I mean, you know, if, if it's totally wrong to build... A wall or a fence or or anything like that. Then then, why if you have a pool that you legally required to have a fence around your pool? I mean, come on, I mean, everybody knows this is ridiculous, right? So then he talks about uh, the uh, the individuals who are harmed by that, and yeah, I mean I, those individual stories. Good persuasion. It, it hits people who can't sort of process abstractions and it's kind of a compromise to the terrible American educational system but yeah how much more American blood must be shed before Congress does its job see Congress really doesn't care about shedding blood I mean look at all the wars and, and foreign engagements and bombings and so on what is a hundred thousand bombs dropped uh, on Middle Eastern countries under Obama I mean come on I mean the idea that Congress cares about lives uh, is is to me not uh, not not valid said, to those who refuse to compromise in the name of border security, I would ask, imagine if it was your child, your husband, or your wife whose life was so cruelly shattered and totally broken. To every member of Congress, pass a bill that ends this crisis. To every citizen, citizen call Congress and tell them to finally, after all of these decades, secure our border. But here's the thing, right? So there is this basic reality that people in government get a lot of money because of third world demographic leftist voting patterns. Now, The people who are well-off, who have power, they can afford to live in good neighborhoods. They can afford to live far away from the third world problems and the no-go zones that are creeping up all over the West. And so you see it's a form of of status. You know, I'm for third world immigration is a way of preening yourself, throwing up your peacock feathers of usually unjustly gained money and saying, well, you see, I'm, I'm wealthy enough to avoid. It's like wearing white and having, you know, long nails, right? You wear white to show you never do any physical labor and you totter around on high heels to show you never do any physical work, and you have long nails to say you never need to cut them for physical labor. It's a form of status signals, right? In the past, a tan was considered low class because a lot of people worked outside. Now a tan is considered high class because it shows you have the leisure to go and tan yourself. In the past, being fat was considered more attractive because food was scarce. Now food is plentiful. Being thin is more attractive. You're just showing it that you're the exception. It's a form of status signaling. It's why so many of these wealthy uh, celebrities talk about how wonderful uh, had taking in migrants and how wonderful immigration is, while they live in gated communities in virtually all white neighborhoods. It's just a way of them saying, "Well, look, see, I'm wealthy enough to not deal with these poor, des class A working class issues to do with mass immigration. I don't care. I've got right." It's it's a pretty cold hearted way of of preening and showing your own social status. Uh, and um, so, yeah, I mean, what what you're saying, right, to, to the leftists. Oh, your child, your husband, your wife, cruelly blah, blah, blah. It's not going to happen to those people because they live far segregated from the problems that they're creating, right? You know, it's, it's like that old line from 1984 where O'Brien says to Winston Smith, have some coffee. Uh, I'm afraid not much of this gets out from the inner party, right? Like, have some nice coffee because, you know, it's mostly... The, the people like Lenin didn't starve to death when he was inflicting basically a genocide on largely the Ukrainian white Christian kulaks, uh, he he had enough to eat. He just starved them to punish them for resisting socialism, uh, communism, right? So, right, they, they're not going to be subject to these issues, but what you're saying is more like this, if you want to understand how the left hears it. So I would ask, imagine, if you ended up losing your job and your status and your privilege and your dopamine hit from power, and your money and your resources and people coming in and, kowtowing to you and kissing your rings because I put up a wall. Imagine if you lost all of that status and power and privilege and joy and dominance and money and resources and control and bullying capacity. Like, imagine if you lost all of that and had to go get a real job because I put up a wall. Well, that's how they hear it deep down, right? If if a wall goes up, their grip on power is threatened. You understand that the Democrat Party no longer represents the people who built America right, the, the, the blacks and, and the whites who, like, built America, right? America was almost exclusively, like, 90% white, 10% black throughout most of its history up until the 1965 Immigration Act where they started to switch to to the third world, right? So the, the, the Democrats no longer represent the people who built America. They no longer represent the whites and blacks who built America. They represent uh, the third world. And they barely squeak into power even with all of this demographic propping up. So without the demographic propping up, You understand the entire Democrat Party collapses without endless importation and bribery of third world voters. There is no Democrat Party. There are, in fact, no leftist parties in the West at all. There's a reason why they switched to immigration, because after the crimes of Stalin were revealed by Khrushchev, after the cult of personality, after the massive disasters of communism were finally, they broke through the the wall that was put up, by leftist reporters, like to, to pretend that, that socialism and communism were wonderful, after the, the facts broke through, the communists, the leftists, the hard leftists, they panicked and they said, "Well we can't win the argument anymore Von Mises has destroyed um, the, the arguments for the efficiencies of, of Marxist economics. Uh, history has rejected. Uh, the value of Marxist economics, and now uh, it turns out that there are Harbour concentration camps, millions of people starved, murdered, uh, slaughtered uh, in communist countries, North Korea, ain't doing so well, and uh, all of this kind of horrible stuff. So they panicked and they said, well, we can't obviously give up our ideology. We can't convince people anymore based on reason and evidence, so we'll just replace people who disagree with us with people who like free stuff, right? which is basically what Marxism and, and the left is all about. So you know this is the the wall is is foundational i mean the, the wall this is why it's such a fight so it is going to be an awful fight and yes if trump tries to use you know a, a state of national emergency some sort of executive action or just declares it a, a national defense issue and starts to build the wall people are going to go nuts on the left because you're threatening the existence of that which gives them life, like they've been hollowed out as people, they're soulless, they've been hollowed out as people, and they've been filled with nothing but a base satanic lust for power and control, right? They're they're amoral, mammalian power seekers who will only recognize ethics as a tool to lull the gullible into believing that they have half a moral bone in their body. And so it is a desperate fight for their life because this is the basic question that, that people really, like you really need to think about this, mull this over and, and talk about this with other people. It's very, very important. This is the basic issue that's going on here. The money for the welfare state is running out. The money is going to run out. It's not even going to be that long. The money is running out. Now, if you have a relatively high IQ population, then what happens when the money runs out is people say, for the most part, well, okay, it was a fun run, but I guess I'll go get a job. That's what people will do. And if you have a lower IQ population or significant portions of a lower IQ population, do you know what will happen when the money runs out? You will get riots. You will get violence. You will get gangs. You will get threats. You will get terrorism. You will get all this kind of stuff. Because they can't easily, if at all, compete with higher IQ people in a a meritocratic-based free market environment. They can't. So the question, fundamentally, is this. Given that the money is going to run out, what kind of country do you want when that happens? Very foundational question. What kind of country do you want when the money runs out? Because that's really the question that the wall represents.